Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, coach, and also your host. Hello, everyone. I'm sure you are somewhere under quarantine or self-quarantine and you might be going crazy. And it is my honor and privilege to be serving you and entertaining you today. I hope you really enjoyed this podcast with Mayan Davis. I am so excited for this release. And just before we start, I'd like to mention our partners, our sponsors here on the show. If you've been thinking about straightening your teeth, definitely check out Mudmouth and call them, tell them Francisca sent you, otherwise we won't get credit for it. And if you do tell them Francisca sent you, when you do call for more information or reach out for more information, the links are in the show notes, then they will hook you up with a free gift and I will hook you up with a free gift, but you'll have to tell me that you reached out to them. If you have products or services that you'd like me to try out, I like to promote products and services that I've used and benefited personally. So definitely reach out. And please make sure to join the Artpreneur Facebook community that I've created on Facebook. We also have the Francisca Show podcast Facebook community. There's a lot of activity going on there. Also, make sure to check me out on Instagram for stories, updates. I've been doing live performances throughout this time. And I'm just trying to help keep things light, panic-free if possible. So yeah, I'm so happy you've been tuning in here for your relax or self-development or self-care time because this is what it's meant to be for you. So thank you for listening to The Francisca Show. Here's your episode for today. Today on the show with us, we have Mayan Davis from Brooklyn, New York, a dance entrepreneur, entertainer, and RN. Welcome to the show, Mayan. It's so good to have you. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor and pleasure, and you have such a busy schedule. I was looking at all the things you are doing, and somehow you're just doing everything, and you're doing everything so well. So we're going to have to break it down for everyone here and make you a little more human for all of us, and I'll let you start where we usually start on the podcast with how did this all begin? Where did the inspiration and passion come from for your dance and love for the arts? So, I mean, throughout, like, school, like, when I was in um, elementary school and high school, I always loved to sing and dance. I was, like, in every show possible in school. And when I got to high school, I started doing the outside shows, like, you know, like, Rachel's Place and Sichon Shlomo used to have these big productions also. And I would love it. I would do, like, 16 shows a year uh, between the different um, people out there that are running the shows. And I loved it. Um then when I got out of, I mean, and then I even started teaching while I was in high school, like about 11, 12 grade, I started teaching dance for someone else. Um, and when I got out of high school, I'm like, I love to sing, I love to dance. And I just took the path of dancing and I just grew it. Um, I find that we don't have so many dance instructors out there in our community. So um, I, I 
felt like there was a need for it. For those who have that, that like that craving for the arts that we don't have that and, and places where they can get it. So we do have a lot of wonderful singers out there. Um, and dancers, I find that we need more of them. So if there are of you, any of you out there that are dancers, please come forth because um, I don't feel like there's as many as I would love to see, but I just grew my business from it. I felt like there was a need. Um, dancing, gymnastics also. I went and did, I got Zimba certified and did, now I do Zimba. And, and then I formed my dance group. Uh, my dance group was formed. I have a dance group about six to eight girls, depending on the year. Some of them get married, some of them go to seminary. And we perform all over for organizations as well as um, different productions. Um, and then I also have my entertainment where I take also a few girls and we, I am C, I do all the entertainment for the bat mitzvah, play games, dancing, zumba, and just pretty busy, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so take us back a little bit. It does sound like a lot of fun. How did you get started so you have an idea you have an inspiration you feel like no one's doing it so you just started and people just follow you how does that work so i i honestly i started in a basement i had eight to ten girls i was doing it in someone's house um and then from there it just sprouted it was mostly word of mouth i did not have instagram then um and it was also mostly word of mouth someone's like oh i have a good instructor she teaches dance and then i just i just started building up my classes two three four until i was totally booked full schedule um, and then it, it really started from there. And then I just grew from word of mouth. I think that the word of mouth worked so well that I didn't even need Instagram. But at some point, everyone's like, you have to get Instagram. So I got Instagram. But I honestly don't even think I need to, like I'm saying, for for my business, Baruch Hashem, like it grew up really through word of mouth. Like not... Organically. Like, yeah. Like so... And also for Bamas, the same thing. Like people are like oh I heard you do this person's vomit and sometimes even these days I don't even think people not everyone sees my Instagram they, they call me like oh I heard that you did someone's vomit so can you would you be able to do mine and I'm like did you see it on Instagram did you see it on it's mostly word of mouth even now okay so I'm really curious to know more about the bat mitzvah industry and there are trends and there are things that are in and things that go in and out could you please give us a little background on what what has been the trends like Give us a little history here also, and then tell us what you brought in. Did you come up with the idea on your own? I know the trends now with motivators and dance DJs or whatever. So I, I want to know more about the industry. I mean, I find that it's a, it's a range. I mean, some people have like uh, candle making, some people have jewelry making, some people have something to do, like a holocaust. Like, I don't know, something like that's more, but then they also have dancing. And I find that dancing is just makes everyone very happy. So that's why people are going towards that more um the motivators are the ones who motivate the girls to dance and get moving and get inspired they don't have to, i mean i i feel that no matter if someone's a dancer or not a dancer when they come to the bat mitzvah when we're, when we're doing it i've gone to bat mitzvah i just happened to do one this past sunday and the girls all told me we all hate dancing i'm like no no, no. at the end of this they're gonna love it and at the end they all came to me and said we had such a good time thank you like i thought that i like and sometimes i feel the pressure like oh my gosh i'm gonna have this crowd that's not gonna do it but at the end, everyone loves dancing. Like if you, even if you say you don't like to dance because you're not good, you don't have to be a good dancer to dance. Like you just have to be able to just move when the music's on. And I find that it just makes people happy. And that's why most people are getting dancers, motivators to get the crowd going. And so at the end of the month, they felt like, wow, that was fun. And that was, that's the goal. I mean, I feel like most people want to have a month where people feel, you know, I had a good time. Um, 
but there are so many options out there. But I believe that dancing is the most popular now these days. Just and also, even if they have another entertainment, always there's always dancing too for some because. Like I said, it makes everyone happy. <laughs> it does. And what's the secret sauce? If you have these stuck up or very shy or reserved teenagers or pre-teenagers, how do you get them to love dancing and be able to move? There's, I think, in especially the Jewish community with the whole idea of tznias and everything, the the freedom of, and I'm using the quotes, quotes here, yeah. <laughs> uh, the freedom of moving however you feel like it isn't, so natural for girls because we're naturally taught to just be more reserved and more modest with how we move. So I can imagine there's some sort of transformation you do and make the girls really feel comfortable in order for them to dance. So what's your philosophy? Okay. So a few things. First of all, when I start the bar mitzvah, I started where we start with circle dancing where everyone's used to that. Everyone's comfortable with that. Um, we get like Bobbins of girls runs through the arches and then she dances with her family, like a literally a mini, mini wedding. She dances with her family and then she dances with all her friends and that already gets them a little bit more into it. Then once I'm done with all the circle dancing, then I, I have them copy my choreography. Now, when I do my choreography, I probably up it like a hundred percent, 120% with my energy. So I can pass over that energy to them. Sometimes it makes me even look weird because I'm like, I'm doing it with so much power just so they can like feel it. And I find that, I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if you ever saw me in real life, but if you ever see me, I like, I do this, I think where I, I can't even, I can't even describe it where I like, I do it with so much power. And I always tell my dancers when I teach also dance, I'm like, power, power, do it with power. Because you pass over that energy to the crowd and then they just, it's just like, I don't know, like they just do it. And besides that, I also have tons of prizes. So I know that that is always uh, a thing. Oh, I want this. I want that. I want this cat ear heaven. I want that bow. So they do it also with for those reasons too. And like they always say, you know, like you do something even though you don't want to, and then you'll come to love it. So if they, they'll dance because they want the prize, but then they end up having a really good time. So there's all these different aspects. And then um, as I see that we're getting tired of dancing, then I start playing some games with them and, Everyone is either if they're not dancing, they love games, and then I, I just do different types of games. I have a bunch of different depending on the bat mitzvah girl what she likes, um, and then we go back. We always end up with dancing, and I usually end up with all the light of stuff. Like I give them light of sticks, light of rings, light of glasses, light of headbands with like those like little things that stick up, and it, they just love it. I mean, we check the lights off, and we just go crazy. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. And do these girls often join your dance programs at studio? So yeah, I had plenty join. Um, right now, I only take pri- like private classes um, for both group and private, like one on one. So I don't right now. Baruch Hashem, my schedule is totally full. I do have a waiting list, and I I'm so thankful to everyone. And I always tell people, some people just reach out, even if you know that my schedule is full. I before you know it, sometimes someone randomly one I mean I don't want this to happen to anyone but someone broke their leg and I had an open slot you know for that time or like things like that so I, I always have things opening so people shouldn't like stop calling but I and I always take bat mitzvahs those calls I still take but just for the private classes I am booked I do like three to four classes a night so I kind of can't do more because I, I do need to be with my kids at some point <laughs> um at some point I was doing six seven a night and I had to like cut down okay so I wanted to ask you how you handle I'm dealing with this also 
there's no separation between personal and and professional in a way in terms of your Instagram being on your phone and you getting messages probably throughout the day. How do you manage? Maybe you have an assistant who handles your Instagram. <laughs> but I'm saying just the beeping and the buzzing and the constant messaging and you probably want to respond to the people who message you and your stories and all that work. The question even is more, since you work as a nurse also, and you have a family, <laughs> Baruch Hashem, you have a lot going on. How do you balance all of that? So that's my main, my, that's my main thing. I always say that I want to be able to do everything I love and be able to balance it all, that I don't have to give up anything because I don't believe that anyone should give up anything that they love doing. Just they have to know how to, there's always a time and place, I say. So like, for example, with my Instagram um, I, I post things like, first of all, I'm very bad at posting. I story everything, but I'm very bad at posting. I never people, you know how people story as they go on their classes. I will do all my classes. I give all my classes their time of day. I, then I'll story everything at night. So that's something that I do because I can't be on Instagram all day. Um, with my messages, I try to answer them as they come in. If it's overwhelming, if I'm at my nursing job and I can't, then I'll answer by my lunch break or when I'm done work. Um, it's a few hours here and there. I don't usually let it wait till like a few days. Um, cause then I forget about it. Um, and then with balancing between family and work. So my, my oldest is nine now until now I was able to do a lot more because I had five under nine. So they were young, but and I, that's why I was able to teach. Like I went to my nursing job from nine to five. Then I did my dance classes from like five fifteen to like ten thirty, And I like didn't see them so much, which is really bad. And then um, now that they're getting older, they have homework, they need their mommy. I actually work from like till four o'clock. I'm with the kids until seven. So from four to seven, I'm with my children. And then from seven, I go back out to do dance till like 10, 30, 11. So I have, I was able to bounce. And also my kids wake up at five 30. So I spend five 30 to nine in the morning with them. So I have my family life that I try to, I spend with, I have my, my nursing job. Then I have my dances at night. And then on Sundays I do also every Sunday, I do my bat mitzvahs. I do my Zumba classes. So it's pretty busy, but I, I believe I balance it pretty well now. Um, and I mean, it's, it's not always easy. Don't get me wrong. I'm running here and there. And I sometimes I'm doing 50 things at once, but I love every single part of it. So I wouldn't want to give up anything. It's really incredible to hear you say that. <laughs> I wanted to say, when do you sleep? So I, I do sleep, but, um, but it happens to be, I do have a seven month old that still wakes up every two hours to eat. So I think my body's just used to it. I feel like I'm constantly on an adrenaline rush and I'm thankful that I always have the energy that I need. I kind of, I feel like I just get that adrenaline. Whenever I have to do something, it's like, boom, you're going to do it. Um, no matter how tired I am, if I have a deadline, I do it. If I have a, a class I have to do, I'll just, I might be tired. I literally might stroll into that class. But the second that music is on, I just bounce. So I do get tired. I do not always have energy, but I just find that when the moment is needed, it comes out and I just, do a good job because my energy is just like there. I don't know. Hashem gave it to me. I don't know. I'm, I'm always, I'm always wacky. So, well, it's definitely qualities and traits that people want in their motivators. <laughs> well, yes, sometimes it's wacky. <laughs> so I want to ask you about the challenges in your industry. You're catering to a firm crowd and you are balancing so much. There might be fear of fitting in or I don't know what challenges you have with your business, but I I know everyone has them. And if you're not going to tell them to me, it's because you're not telling me. It's not because you don't have them. No. So I find that with my, 
with me, it's that I always have to cater to every class I do. I have to cater something else. It's not like I could have like a curriculum that I could teach one person and, um, and then I'll be good and teach the same thing to the next person. It's the type of thing that I have to keep advancing myself. Um, and have to find the time to always go to myself and learn more things because every single class is totally different and it's a different curriculum. I teach different things and I find that the challenges that I have to keep making sure that I personally myself keep growing so I can keep passing over that to everyone else. Um, another challenge that I had, but I believe that I, I mastered it was finding the time to put together the classes. I had to call people on this person and that person. Let's, can you do this class? Can you do this time good for you? The back and forth was just too much for me. So I said, I don't need, I, I, my, that challenge was something that I, I figured out this was my plan. So I have a, a promo thing where the person who organizes the class of 10, they get the class for free and the person who hosts it, so I don't have to look for a place, gets the class for free. So that had it came off my head. One person organizes the class to get 10 people. They, they're happy to have the class for free. And then the person who gives me their home has the class for free. So both, so both those things work for me and that challenge, I believe I mastered so far. I'm, I don't have the back and forth headache of calling. I just, as soon as the person creates a group of time, they make a, a WhatsApp chat and we communicate through that. So that's something that, I mean, other people can take that and, you know, use that if they want. Is that like one class that you teach once a week or every class has that? go into it so the private classes which is anywhere from one to three people um that's just private so that's not a big deal the ones that are group classes which i have a few group classes they have they organize them themselves so if i have i believe i have like five group classes through in between my private and groups and they organize it they give me the place and um and usually it's a, i tell them it's a semester of 12 weeks they have to come to 12 weeks and after 12 weeks, they get the priority to that of that spot to continue, or I can give it over to someone else. So usually the group classes are the ones that I have an opening for after a few, usually it goes to two, three semesters, and then I usually have an opening for that class. So you offer three options, the privates, which are one to three, the group classes, which are 10 or more, the ones that they self-organize and host, and then the third option so there is there is an option where they could add like a fourth or fifth girl. And just like I just it's just an additional charge for each additional person. So if they don't want a group of ten, they want a group of four or five. That's an option as well. Okay, super interesting. Any other challenges that come up? Any judgment from the community? So I had that as I was growing up more, not so much now. Where I I, I do hip hop, so that is not so accepted in some communities. But I learned so much how to cater to the crowd that I have when someone's paying me for a job I have to do what they want so I was hired for Hasidic crowds I was hired for different types of crowds and I would know that I can't do this there I can only do this type of movement there and I find that I mean dance is, is there is so much in dance like you could do so much so like you don't have to do the the popping and locking to be able to do it you know to, to cater to a crowd like if that's what they want then I'll do what they want do I sometimes feel like I wish that people would be more open um, about it? Yes, I do. I find that, um, I mean, I find that if someone give me the talent and I'm in this community, then obviously there's a reason for it. That was a challenge for me as well. Um, the fact that some people are not open to the full like element of what hip hop is. I do do jazz and contemporary as well. So like I said, I just try, I just always cater to the crowd. I always make sure that I, oh, I mean, I really, at this point, I already know what the crowd would want and what they wouldn't want, but 
I, I learned it through times where I would do a performance and they day before they say, no, change this move, change this move. And I'm like, the day before the show, I'm like, um, like, it's not just me. I have to teach it to all my dancers in the dance too. So it's not the struggle is, will they remember the new moves? Like, so I learned over time what is accepted and not accepted in the different communities that we are in. Um, and I find that, that there's dances, like I said, dance is such a big, broad thing. You can dance if you know how to, if you don't know how to, and you just have to be able to just make every crowd that you're catering to happy with what they want. And like, like I said, they also pay for it. So you have to kind of do what they like, what they're asking for. Yeah, absolutely. So your girls perform, your dancers perform and, and you organize these performances. So no, so <laughs> I don't have the time. I wish I had the time for that too. But most of the time it's um, an organization that has a show going on and they just need to dance here or there. So they asked me, can you choreograph um, your, can your dance group do some things or, I would, or it'd be a show where there would be a concert and they just want to like up it a little bit with some dances here and there. Um, or they'll, or they'll hire me to do choreography for their productions. So for example, um, Pistol Time, there's a girls choir that's asked me to choreograph their dances. So my girls might perform in it. I'm, I'm not being here for Pistol, but they might perform in it, um, depending on if they'll be ready on time. Cause you know, so I'm saying, but it's just different shows throughout the year. Um, and I mean, people usually contact me. I don't. I don't reach out. So, so if I see, by the way, that I don't that I'm not getting so many calls, like for that, usually I, I take like two, three major shows a year. But and I'll do little organizations here and there. If I see that there's not, I'm not getting major calls for major shows. I will reach out to something like an organization so my girls could have the chance to perform because I I want to keep it going even though it doesn't have to be major. Just that the fact that they performed somewhere, they did it. You know, we did something for someone, and a lot of times it's a, you know it's for an organization. So. You know, it's a good feeling too. And do you get paid for those big shows that you do? So the big shows, yes. The big shows, I I won't do without payment because it's my friend Asa. Um, every I do I do take upon myself to do at least a few times a year things for Tzedakah because I can't like I always say like I can't give a million dollars to Tzedakah, but I have a talent that can I can contribute. So I'll take my dance and I'll go do a, like a tangent event, or I'll go do. Um, something for High Lifeline after Halabig, or I'll go do um, the Bar Park Center, things like that. Like I'll take my, I'll, I'll try to do as much as I can for the community with the talent that I have, because I always, I say, if I could have a million dollars to give out to every stuck organization, I would love to do that, but I, I can't. So I find that this is my way of giving back. I mean, I hope, I hope it's, I hope it's enough. <laughs> but do you pay your dancers when they're performing in the shows? So for bat mitzvahs, I pay them. Um, I pay my dancers for shows. I don't because my payment to them is my training. I, cause I train them on how to do the dance and they don't, they don't have to pay me for those practices. So let them practice for a show. I teach them the dance. I work with them. Um, so it's basically like free lessons and then I, they perform for me. So, you know, wow. So, so give, you, give or take. You have a lot of different avenues of things <laughs> that are paying in and, I'm going to want to talk about your summer programs also slash Pesach or retreat things that you do. And maybe it, it connects to my next question. And we like to talk about finances and the practicality of being in the arts industry. Uh, clearly, you do have a nursing job. So that probably covers a lot and gives a lot of stability. But it seems like you have a lot of stability with the arts business, your entertainment company as well. So for anyone listening out there, I'm sure we're all curious how that works and how long did it grow 
to become more stable, reliable, and maybe I'm wrong. So um, I'm trying to think because I, I believe that for my dance business, I did pretty well throughout all the years. I, I always try to change it up a bit to, to, to make it to make it successful. Um, I find that I, the bat mitzvahs brings a lot of income in, but like, and I try not to take more than like one or two a Sunday. I find the dance classes, I make the, the money because I don't have to pay for rent for a building. I don't have to pay for, I'm saying that's a big deal. Like a lot of people have their dance studios and they have to pay the rent and then they have to, and it comes off with the girls are paying for the class. So all those things, I believe that is why I'm successful. Cause I don't, some people think, Oh, you're doing the house. But I still get the job done. I still teach the class. I still have the same skills that are being taught. I don't need a fancy studio to do it. And I believe that that's a big part of it, not having my own studio. I did originally have it. And that's where I saw I was losing money on it because I was paying for rent and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's not worth it. Um, and I gave that up. And I find that obviously after that, I definitely do so much better. Yeah. And do you feel like you had to work hard at negotiating your price or people accepting your price or how, how did that evolve for you? I think I'm pretty fair with my pricing. Um, I did recently up it and I, the reason why is because I am so full of my schedule that I, I find that there's a need for it. So I was able to do that, but I, I, I find that my pricing is pretty reasonable that people are okay with it. And I don't think I ever had anyone saying, Oh wow, that's too expensive. Or I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess they didn't, wouldn't tell, they didn't tell me if it was because no one, no one ever complained to me about it. Um, it just has to be worth it at the end. So from the beginning on, you set a price and people just took it. Yeah, no, I don't think that was ever an issue. I mean, obviously, someone tells me they're having a hard time. I work with them. I'm not. Um, so it's not. And they say my daughter really wants to dance. I'll work with them. But I, I find like that since I have my nursing job as my, like you said, my stability. I, this is more like of a luxury. This is more not, it's not so like I'm saying to have this dance business, I want it to be successful. I don't want it to just, I'm not going to just do it. Like it happens to be, I love to do it. And that's why a lot of times I do these events for free. Like, like, like I said, the organizations, but like if I'm going to be teaching a class and taking away from time that maybe I could have been with my kids, if, then I want it to kind of work out. So like, that's why I start my classes from seven, but from seven to eight, I have my older two kids still up. And like, I want to be able to make it worth it that I know that it was worth for me to go into do that class. Not that I went and made pennies on it. And, you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a good feeling at the end. Yeah, for sure. And you did mention how you were involved in dancing and all these shows since you were a little kid. But did you get formal training or, and I know you spoke about growing and continuing education. Right. So I'm a big believer that when you're teaching something, you have to keep growing and so you can teach it to someone, right? Um, I'll be very honest with you. When I got big in my dance business, I had no training whatsoever. It was all pure talent that I don't know where it came from. I would, I would watch a video, like, let's say like, you know, step up if anyone knows what that is. And I'll just do the choreography. Like I'll just copy their choreography and, and I'd be able to do it. So I, I realized that there's a talent there. Um, and, and, as, and then once I grew my business, I'm like, Hey, this, I, I don't want to like plateau. Like I want to be able to grow and grow and grow. So I will take classes here and there depending on time-wise. There's a studio near my house and I'll go there sometimes. Um, I've gone to classes once in a while in the city, but those I just gets too hard. So I try to go to the ones in Brooklyn. I'm actually looking for like a one-on-one instructor that can come to my house. So I'm going to have to like go out. Um, but I think it's very important to be able to be able to grow in my own skills so I can 
teach more skills to other people. Um, but so far, I haven't been at a point where I felt like, okay, my dancer learned, my dance student learned everything. I have to like, you know, learn more. So far, there's there's still so much more to learn. So on on that end, but at the same time, I still want to grow myself for future. Right. Absolutely. And what's the biggest thing you hate about your industry? Like if there is something you wish you didn't have to do, but you have to because it comes with the business, what would that be? I'm trying to think. <laughs> or you love everything about what you have to do. I don't know. I'm, I'm the type of person that like, I love everything I do. Like if I was a secretary at a front desk, I would love it too. Like then I find everything. If I find that if you, if you love something, I'm saying if, if you, I, I, I just love it. Like, I, I don't, I can't imagine it being any different. I can't imagine. I enjoy the girls. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy, you know, I, the, you know, maybe one thing I don't like, and I actually thought of it as we we're talking, the part where, where the parents will push the kids to take a lesson, even though if the kids don't want it, and that will make it so much harder on me because I have to do double hard to get the kids into it. And eventually they will get into it. But that's my, that's the only part that I don't like when, when a parent has this big feeling um, that they want their kid to be the best dancer, the best at gymnastics, and so they'll sign their kid up when their kid doesn't even want to do it. So that's maybe that part. So <laughs> I I hear that definitely. <laughs> and when you go to camps or Pesach programs, what are you brought in to do? Is that so? So for camps, I do like usually in the summer I'll go and do um, like I call it the camp tour. I'll go to different camps. I'll do Zumba. I'll do dancing. I'll do games depending on what the camp wants. Most likely, it's like Zumba. For a few camps, I did like um, a shows. So what it happens to be, they would either call, call me in two, three times or even a one-day thing where I teach all the bunks different dances. And at the end of the day, they perform for the parents or the staff um, So it's, or the rest of the camps. So that's a lot of fun, um, making a show in one day. Um, and then um, for pace-off programs, I come in as a Zumba instructor, a fitness instructor, and dancing. So like I'll do Zumba in the morning um, and fitness at night or the opposite. And I'll, I'll do gymnastics for the kids um, in the day camp. So it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it does sound like a lot of fun. So I want to know what's next for you. Do you have any things that you feel like you still would love to do and you haven't tapped into that yet? or Because it sounds like there's no room for anything else. But I can imagine your brain might be somewhere else and creating new things. So, I mean, I'm always looking, I'm, I'm always looking for ways to, to, to change it. So it could be more the top of the line for everything. Um, right now, like you said, I really don't have the time to do anything, even if I wanted to, but there's a lot of things I want to do. Like maybe you're talking about the struggle of like the Jewish community, but like sometimes I feel like I can't because of not being accepted. For example, I would love to make more music videos. I would love to, I would love to dance on Instagram myself. And I don't know if you ever realized that I don't really dance myself on Instagram because it's, I guess it's, it's not Tineas and, you know, things like that. Like, so I would love to do more for the community, but it's just a struggle of all these, like, will it be accepted? Will it not be accepted? Will people not want to hire me because, you know, I'm dancing in public. Is it not appropriate? Uh, even if I have all women followers, maybe someone's going to pretend that they're male. Like, you know, like they're going to pretend they're female. Really, so like, you never know. So that, I guess, is my my challenge, um, where, where I feel like I, I'm like, I can do everything I possibly can do right now. I don't know if I can do anything more because of the limitations that we have, which makes it hard, but I understand that. No, of course there is, um, there, there are a lot of choices and there are 
a lot of limitations as well that come with it. But I love your positivity. I love how you find a way to love everything you do and incorporate everything without having to give up on anything. It's really nice and inspiring. Okay, so you figured out this career path for you. you. You built a successful model for yourself. I like to think a little bigger and see how could we scale that? How could we teach your skills and your model to other Jewish women who are interested in building a career like that for themselves in the arts, in the dance, in the entertainment industry? Have you ever thought about that? So with my dance group, the ones who are with me for so many years, I actually encourage them to open up their own thing um, as they get older and when they get married or when they went to seminary, you know, like when they break off from the group because they're, you know, they're at a point in their life that they can't do it. They don't have the time. I have dancers who did open up their own thing. I have a dancer who moved to Lakewood when she got married and she started her own dance business there and is doing um, promises there as well. Um, I start off usually giving them something in their neighborhood, like like someone called me for a bat mitzvah, and I'll say, you know, you want to do this bat mitzvah, and um, I'll, we'll both make some sort of income from it, so I, I make something, and she makes something from it, and then slowly, her name goes out there, and then she ends up doing it herself. I'm a big believer in supporting other people. Some people are like, oh, it's competition. I'm like, I don't see it as a competition. Um, like I always say, Hashem gives you what you need, and that person what they need, so I have everything I need for my classes, and my bat mitzvahs, and my career, that it's it we need more of it like i said we need more of of the people that dance in this so i encourage it a lot for my students i know my other another student just reached out to me and asked me how much should she charge for classes um how can she go about it how could she start and actually she taught her first class on monday she taught her first zumba class with uh, her group so i i i hope that everyone knows that they can go out on their own and do it um and if they need help, they can always reach out and I can give them some pointers um, of how much they can charge for beginning, starting out and how much they can charge as they grow bigger and including bat mitzvahs, how much they charge. So I do guide them and I don't mind guiding other people too if they reach out. <laughs> so you are a mentor in addition to all the other things you're doing. Facilitator. Yeah, I, I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> I guess you could say that. I do try to help them and, um, and I want them to succeed. So I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> okay, so I do have another question about your personal life and the balance between family life versus your career. And I'm only asking because there's a lot of guilt associated with motherhood. <laughs> I'm not right. doing enough, but it sounds like you're up at 5.30 in the morning or 6 and then you go to sleep so late, so you are putting in the hours with your kids, but what about your husband? What about your household? Okay, so I do find, by the way, um, on Instagram, by the way, because I don't pass, post my family or kids, I did have this struggle where people are like, are you ever with your family? Do you ever with your kids? I'm like, like, like they, they kind of questioned it, and sometimes I get those questions on Instagram, and I, I actually, it, I actually, I, I, I tell them I am, just, it's just I don't post them, because I, for privacy reasons, I just don't post my kids and family, but being a good mother to my children, yes, sometimes I felt guilty when I was doing too much dance classes, and that's why I cut down. Um, so I do find that I, I do I wish there was more time in the day. Let's let's say that. Like I do wish there was more time in the day, but I just learned that I have to balance, and I don't I don't feel guilty anymore because I know that I'm doing when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. I'm not like on my phone. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not doing ten other million things. Um, I'll cook with them. I'll clean with them. We'll do homework together. 
once in a while, obviously I'm getting ready for work, like, you know, stuff like that. So I'm not necessarily with them that moment, but like, I, I try to give them all I can when I'm with them. For my husband, we do, um, like, we do this, like this thing where we do date night, like once a week where we try to go out once a week. And for, we do also vacations once a year where we just go me and him without the kids. Um, we do like one major family trip and one just me and him and some other trips during the year, but we try to incorporate at least one just us and then one with the family. Um, because I think it's so important. Some people are like, they'll never leave their kids. Um, I believe that you need that constant, you know, renewal every single, also oh, often. And we try to do things together, even if it's, for example, um, like I have like a party tonight. So my husband's driving me there and he's hanging out with his brother so we can hang out in the car on the way there so we can have that time together. So things like that. We try to do things like if I have a babysitter at night and my husband's available, he'll drive me to my different dance classes. So I hang out with him from class to class as I'm driving from one class to the next. So we'll talk those 10, 15 minutes. So like people don't know that stuff, but I try to spend as much time as I can with every person in my family, including my husband and my children. And like, like you say, things are not always easy. It's not going to be easy. It's a struggle where you feel like, are you doing enough for this person or that person? But I believe that like this, this past year, I gave up two free classes a night and the parents weren't so happy so I could be more with my kids. And I believe that that made me feel a little bit better. And I probably felt a little bit guilty before that, but now I believe it's much better. Yeah. And I know for the Cole Isha market, there's a struggle between performing or being in people's faces live versus online. For what you're doing, it seems like word of mouth, there are enough events, there's enough dancing going on to be in people's faces. So if someone's in your industry, in the dancing space, if they're starting out, how important is it for them to be online and growing their social media presence? Basically, I think for artists, for singers, for them building their Instagram or their Facebook or wherever they're building their platform online is major because you have a lot of more heterium going on because it's online and there's more access, there's more opportunity for dance. I'm not sure if that's the same case. So how, how would you go about So it's that? very hard because you want to show what you do, but you, but if someone's always in the bottom so you're kind of like, can you show this? Can you not show this? Can you show yourself dancing? So people like, so I always say, like, try to show as much as you do. Like, I, even if, like, for example, with me, I post all the classes I do. I post my students. I don't, um, I, once in a while, like, they'll see a clip of me in the front, like, you know, doing, like, some choreography for, like, a second. But, like, I don't think that you need to see what the person's actually doing. If you see the outcome that the girls are learning, you see that they're doing a good job. If you see the happy faces on the kids as they're dancing, you know that their person's doing a good job. You don't have to actually see the actual dance movement, even though, even though it's, it would be wonderful to see and see, oh my gosh, that person's talented. Oh, I want to hire that person. And definitely that would definitely help. And that's one of our struggles that we have. But I find that if you also show the other side, the what the girls are learning, the skills that they're getting, the the as the, the time as they're growing, like, oh wow, this week she wasn't able to do a handstand, but next week she's able to do it perfect. Like to show that they're they're you know it's it's going somewhere, that means that they're doing something right and hopefully people will want to hire them from just seeing those videos or those clips. And that's what I do. That's what I do. I don't know if you if you realize it. Like I'll post my girls doing Zumba classes, and I post like they're like laughing, and I love it, and they're having such a good time. Or I'll post like a girl struggling to do a, a move, and then she gets it, and it's exciting. So like I'll post those type of stuff. And you ask them for permission? Yes, all my students I ask for permission to post. I have to always ask for permission. 
once in a while there are misunderstandings where they I thought that was okay and then it wasn't okay so we'll take it down um and things like that and there there's going to be things like that where I'm not going to be perfect I'm going to post something and someone's going to be upset like one time we thought that I always ask for bar mitzvahs if I can post and not everyone's happy with it now everyone's okay with it and we're totally supportive of what everyone wants but one bar mitzvah on Lakewood we posted and for some reason we thought we asked and they said no and they got really upset at us and and we took it down right away obviously but that does become a struggle that sometimes you can't post everything you do. I do so much more than I post, which is, which is sounds already a lot because you already see so much that I do, but I, there's so much more hidden that I can't show the world that I do. And I'm okay with that. But I'm just saying that it's because our, some people are not okay with social media or Instagram or things like that. And we have to respect it. I mean, if like I, uh, if that's the only way I'm saying that's the only way to do it. We can't like go against someone and post it, you know? Love that. Okay. So it, it is important to have the online presence. It's not just about. Yeah. And also I guess like people get to know you. It's not just like, I mean, I'm very bad with videos. Like this type of stuff. I usually know how to do a story with myself talking. I don't know why. I guess because I talk really fast. As you can tell, I'm like, I'm not so comfortable with it. But I'll post pictures throughout my day of, of like letting people know like what's going on. Um, sometimes like, or what I'm eating, you know, like healthy, my fitness routines and stuff like that. Um, it just, when people get to know you, they feel like they're your friend and you know, you are their friend, even though you're through Instagram. So, so it's, it's just, like I always say, it's not just, just the business. Like, I don't know if you know me, like major Instagram accounts, they're not just posting their business. They're also posting personal where they show a little bit of themselves. So, and I believe that builds a connection between the person and the person on the other side of the screen and that's what makes them want to follow them and totally you know be around them so i love all your tips and advice it sounds amazing (laughs) yeah and i hope everyone (laughs) listening enjoys this too i just want to ask you for any final advice or anything you wish you knew when you were younger or anyone starting out there if there's anything you can share so i want everyone to know that if they have a dream they can do it i I always find people saying, oh, I wish I could do this. You can. So I want everyone to know that if you feel like you have a dream, like my dream was to be able to grow my dance business, to be a mommy, to be a good wife, and to be have a career in the medical field. I um, And I believe that I was able to do that. And I believe that anyone can do what they want to do. So no one should ever give up. There are going to be struggles during the way. There's going to be challenges. Sometimes they're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I can't continue because it's so hard. But at the end of the day, you will get there if you push through it because it's not, nothing's going to be easy unless you really, like, you. it's not, not going to be easy even as you go on. Like, even now I get tired, but, like, it's 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 part of it, you know? So, like, you have to just keep going and until you get to where you want to be. And after that, there's probably going to be more you want to do and just keep going until until your dreams comes true. So, so yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And we're working on a collaboration. I don't know when it's going to actually be ready. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so excited about it. And Me too. I'm, I'm really excited because it's singing and I don't really sing anymore. So it's a lot of fun because I love to sing. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Mayan, for being on the show. If anyone wants to reach you, how can they find you? Instagram at Mayan Davis, double A. M-A-A-Y-A-N-D-A-V-I-S. I'm on there and you can find me and you can find what I do and check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Mayan. Thank you for having me. And thanks again for staying here until the very end. If you are looking into straightening your teeth, definitely click on the show notes for Mod Mouth and tell them Francisca sent you. 
If you are listening on iTunes, make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, tell two or three friends to check out this podcast. This is a great time to be listening to some entertainment, to some self-development, to some learn about Jewish women in the arts. Guess what? We will be having Nisim Black on this show. I've booked the episode with him already, and I'm really excited to have yet another star on the show. So if you have questions, definitely reach out to me with them. If you have questions, feedback, comments, please do email me or reach out to me, franciscak at gmail.com. Reach out to me. I love connecting with you. I love hearing from you. I love improving on this podcast based on my feedback and connections with you. Again, make sure to join the Artpreneur Facebook community and the Francisco Show Facebook community for more updates, some challenges, lives, performances, etc., Also, I did start my coaching business and I am helping you, aspiring artists, creatives, and musicians, get started on your journey or improve on your journey. So definitely reach out. And now is the perfect time. We're stuck home anyway. We're thinking about the world. We're thinking about life. We're thinking about big things. So maybe this is a sign from God to start working on why you're meant to be here in this world. Well, enough preaching. You know how to contact me. You know what to do. See you next time. This is Francisca, and you've been listening to the Francisca Show podcast at jewishcoffeehouse.com podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.